0: This is the InFocus Podcast from The Hindu.
1: Welcome to the InFocus Podcast. I'm Jayan Sriram, your host for today. This episode is a quick news update on the flash floods in Uttarakhand that happened on Sunday and it's an update that's split into two parts. We'll briefly give you the latest on the rescue operations that are still underway, and we'll also go into a slightly longer discussion, as we know more now about what caused these floods in the first place, and how such events might be linked to climate change and the building of hydropower plants in the region. I'm joined today by the Hindu correspondents covering this issue, Vijayta Singh and Jacob Kush. jetha hello and welcome back to the podcast um, can you give us an update on the rescue operations currently underway in uttarakhand
2: so there is a tunnel uh, called uh, the tapovan uh, at the tapovan uh, ntpcs tapovan site project uh, hydropower project it was it is an it was an under construction uh, project which was swept away uh, in the flash floods that hit this part of the state on uh, sunday uh, february the 7th. And uh, so far, uh, the authorities have been able to uh, find uh, 26 uh, bodies, and of them only two have been identified so far, and uh, around 200 people are still missing. And uh, uh, around uh, 35 of them are said to be in this tunnel where the uh, ma- where a massive uh, rescue operation is going on currently. There are two tunnels uh, which got mm. where people got trapped. So, from the first tunnel, uh, 12 people were rescued on Sunday and uh, following that uh, the rescue operation uh, it shifted to uh, the second tunnel and there, uh, so far uh, 35 people are said to be trapped and overall like 450 uh, ITBP people, they are uh, working uh, alongside army and uh, other forces to uh, see how they can be rescued and as per the latest data, 206 uh, is the number of people who are missing total and of them, 26 bodies have been found so far and 180 are still missing.
1: And just operationally speaking, what are the sorts of challenges that um, the various rescue teams are facing in this terrain, in this region as they're going about their jobs?
2: So the challenge the challenge they are facing right now is a huge amount of debris and slush that has got mixed with the water which uh, flowed downstream, the uh, water uh, which came uh, with the flood. And that has really blocked the tunnel. It has swept away uh, two project sites and uh, it has also swept away uh, bridges and roads uh, 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 alongside uh, on the banks of Holi Ganga River and Rishiganga River so uh, uh, if we talk about the tunnel where the rescue operation is right uh, going on right now uh, they have been able to clear only 120 meters of uh, uh, of the tunnel uh, and they have uh, managed to uh, dredge out slush uh, up to only 100, 120 meters and uh, they, they need to go another 60 meters they need to clear another 60 meters to find to know to uh, to get an idea if uh, the survivors uh, the condition of these survivors, if they have survived at all. Because it's been uh, almost 48 hours and uh, uh, there has been no contact with people who are stuck inside. They have a number, they have the names, but uh, since uh, this is a tunnel, which has got blocked by a lot of debris and slush. So this is one of the major challenges uh, being faced by the Authorities on the ground—they uh, have got heavy excavators, they have got dredgers, they have got machines. They—they're uh, working uh, uh, round the clock, and uh, but still, uh, 60 meters it is that has to be cleared. So there are 13 villages also that have been affected, and mm-hmm. they have been completely cut off uh, from the mainland, uh, from the rest of the state. Sorry, from the rest of the state, and uh, to start uh, the border roads organization has been brought in and they are a specialized agency that uh, that build roads in difficult terrains so they have been uh, uh, brought in to build roads uh, to uh, reconstruct the bridges and the roads that have been uh, washed away in, in the flood and meanwhile uh, the uh, itbp and the indian air force they have been asked to distrib- to air to airdrop uh, food packets and dry ration packets uh, for the people for the people in the 13 villages that have been cut off
1: Alright Vijayta thank you so much for this update. Thank you. Jacob welcome back to the podcast again thank you for making time for us today.
0: Hi Jen.
1: Um so Jacob I think uh, it's been it's been over 24 hours now and I think we have some more information we have a little bit more clarity on the nature of the event the yeah. nature of the you know natural phenomenon that led to the Uttarakhand flood. I think the reporting yeah. Basically, yesterday suggested that this was some sort of uh, glacier, you know, glacial lake burst uh, is what they call it. But I think we have a little bit more clarity on that. Uh, yeah. So can you, just, can you just explain what what is the natural phenomenon that led to this event and how is it different from a glacial lake outburst?
0: Sure. So uh, the initial conundrum was that how could such a lot of water suddenly, uh, you know, make its way, be suddenly created and make its way down? When there was no real... Uh, you know there was no rain forecast it was a it was a perfectly pleasant sunny day see the, mm. the thing with uttarakhand is that and this is how we tend to reference events is that because it happened in uttarakhand memories immediately went back to 2013 you know when there was a massive uh, flooding in in the kedarnath uh, uh, valley and nearly 5000 6000 people or you know lost their lives so that was the immediate reference point where people were wondering as to how did such a lot of water come uh, you know, that too in a month like February, you know, when you know it should have been uh, all snowed up and you know should not have seen such a rain related event. So, right. just that, that was the initial. So, that is why the first speculation that came was was this something called a glacial lake outburst flood? It's called a gloff event, so to say. A glacial lake out uh, event is basically when uh, a, a glacier over time it forms its own lakes, and these are very, very large lakes, not the. The thing is, these lakes are for you know eventually are dammed in, in 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 natural waves. You know, they're they also called moraines. And what happens is that sometimes, like any dam, because it is made of mud and debris and uh, you know other materials like this clay, etc., it can also breach if a, if a lot of water is accumulated. And because the sheer quantities involved are sizable, this can lead to a gush of, gush of water. So, that was what. Uh, People initially thought this was probably a glacial lake outburst flood event. However, when, you know, around the world, people started looking at satellite imagery, satellite data, it turned out there were no real glacial lakes visible. And these are large masses of uh, water. So it's pretty much unmissable as far as, uh, you know, with the kind of satellite tracking technology that we now have. So again, this got people, uh, you know, wondering as to okay, how how do you explain this? Uh, you know, this you know this event then. But again, uh, it was again thanks to satellite imagery that came to the rescue, especially by Planet Labs. And for the, we actually had have had you know experts from all across the world produce uh, you know different kinds of pictures until uh, uh, somebody really pointed out that you know. There was a portion of, of, you know, of rock that probably fell off, that probably separated uh, from a glacier, mm-hmm. probably because of a landslide event. And that is a bit that really needs to be confirmed now. But the point is something big, some, a rock-like glaciers uh, a, a portion of a glacier suddenly fell down. And uh, with it, it, it had a lot of accumulated snow and ice. And it was also a hot day, so there was a, a, a phenomenal amount of, of of snow melt, you know, that had also gathered. So all of this huge mass fell to a depth of nearly two kilometers, and in two kilometers, it uh, you know it acquires you know a, a, a sizable amount of momentum. So this this was nearly two million cubic kilometers of waters is from is from what I understand, and uh, you know that just fell down on extremely narrow valley, and we all know when a lot if something a lot of water is pushed down from let's say a narrow pipe you would have a massive the I mean the amount the force with which the water leaves will be pretty phenomenal right like how we understand when we put a finger to a, a hose pipe so to say in the while gardening so same Ooh. with a large amount of water was flushed through a relatively narrow ish valley and you know that's why you see you know a, a massive gush of water and this was what basically made its way down into the Rishi Ganga River, which is again at a it's 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 uh, you know it's a, it's a fairly elevated uh, uh, river, and it is uh, ultimately become feeds into one of the tributaries called the Alaknanda, which is uh, again one of the uh, you know it connects to the uh, to the Ganga, you know uh, ultimately when it uh, before it flows down into Uttar Pradesh, etc. So the result of this was again because there was a small hydropower project, and it is an old. It, it it is a kind of a. It is not a very big project. It's only thirteen point two megawatt uh, project, uh, le- hydroelectric project. And uh, the thing with uh, India is we classify projects that are less than twenty five megawatts as small hydro projects. So this does not really have its own dam, and it is actually a kind of what you call a run of the river project. It doesn't really dam, uh, etc. So this was washed away because it was a small size, event. It you know, it was completely blown away. And when it came down, it also damaged the Tupper 1 project, which is, uh, you know, which is further down. And uh, that is a far bigger project. I mean, that is nearly 520 megawatt. It is being managed by the NTPC uh, corporation. And that led to the blockage of tunnels and, you know, people who were working, you know, over there, you know, they were trapped and that exact that is an ongoing disaster so to say the rescue operations and the challenge mm-hmm. of of getting people and there are, and because of the of the enormous enormity of water that flowed I mean uh, people who are living on the bank some of them were swept away there have been deaths I mean and a lot of people still haven't uh, uh you know been traced and found though it is slowly happening you know uh more people are being rescued but uh, in a nutshell this is what happened. It is ultimately a landslide related event that caused an avalanche and because of the avalanche, you saw this uh, you know, destruction that happened. Fortunately, unlike the Uttarakhand event, I mean, the amount of water ha- is, you know, has amount of flow per se has reduced because luckily there was no real rain, fresh rain to feed, uh, you know, this amount, you know, to, to feed the torrent, so to say. So this is pretty already, you know, been kind of restricted, and we have not seen we not seeing any fresh outflow of water. So in that sense, the damage has already been done, unlike what we had seen in Uttarakhand, etc. So this is how uh, you know matters stand as of now.
1: Right. So when you say when you say Uttarakhand, you are talking about the earlier event in two thousand thirteen, right?
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right.
1: And so just by way of clarification, that was the result of uh, a glacial lake outburst flooding. Um, is is that what occurred on the, that, ultrap- on, that, on that occasion? No, on
0: 2013 it was actually uh, by a cloud burst. I mean there was a cloud burst in the region. A cloud burst means a, a large amount of rain falling mm-hmm. in a very short span of time you know over a very limited area. So that was just uh, you know that was just rain and when it fall when rainwater falls at at those elevations, it is always mixed with uh, you know snow and cert- and certain amount of ice. Remember that was in June. That was also that was the the beginning of monsoon. There was a lot more snow right. wind, et etc. So that was just a, that was far more enormous amounts of water. But that was primarily a rain led event, so to say, unlike this, which was more a landslide caused event that led to the avalanche.
1: Right. Okay. So um, just you know, what is the link when when the Uttarakhand when two thousand thirteen Uttarakhand floods happen. Yeah. There was a lot of um, there was a lot of focus on well, firstly I think on the sort of illegal construction and hydropower projects that are there in that region. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there was that much discussion on the climate change aspect. Mm. But let's just go one by one in this case. So, um, yeah. what is what are the what are the concerns around climate change uh, based around this event that happened in Uttarakhand right now?
0: So the biggest concern is that you know, as people started saying that you know, this is February. Ideally, it should be. It is still winter. I mean, the glaciers should all should be all snowed up. So where did this amount of snow and uh, of snow come? There was a huge mass of snow, you know, uh, that was lying accumulated, you know, you know, you know, in the you know in the region, and that is what essentially also uh, you know flowed down and contributed to the avalanche. So that. Is that is one consequence as scientists have been pointing about of uh, of warming because uh, you know of overall uh, elevated temperature, the glaciers at the highest level, particularly about 5,000 meter heights, you know they are more susceptible to uh, to melting. Overall, nearly seventy five percent of the of the glaciers in the Himalayan Hindu Kush region they are on a retreat. Some glaciers are you know expanding some are contracting but in general most of them are kind of what they call in a retreating phase and because of this there is a, a certain amount of accelerated uh, melting and you know large masses of snow is you know you know is lying uh, accumulated so if there are triggering events you know like a landslide or probably a cloudburst they they make the you know they exacerbate the you know the kind of downstream impact of you know, of uh, disasters like this. So it is in this context that, you know, people in general have been saying that the Uttarakhand region is actually a very, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a bad idea to build uh, too many hydropower projects, especially those that involve damming, etc. Because dams, it, in theory, Uttarakhand has got lots of slopes, lots of, you know, uh, it, it, it should actually te- technically lead to, you know, water having enough force to move hydro uh, turbines, etc. But the the point is actually building dams over there in uh, you know all, has always contributed to they, they always need to blast and use dynamite over there and that has mm-hmm. led to the weakening of the topsoil you know of you know of all the you know of all the rock formations over there and people have in general warned that this is one of the this is one of the consequences of you know building dams over there and you should uh, avoid you should avoid the higher you go that is over two thousand meters plus is it is an extremely vulnerable region to actually, you know, uh, you know, uh, dynamite uh, mountains, rocks, etc., and you know, start dam construction. In the Kedarnath floods of 2013, I mean, there were there, there was much more damage to several big hydropower projects. The Vishnu Prayag project, for example, you know, it was completely demolished, and it took years. It, it took probably uh, months for it to be uh, actually restored and uh, you know back to uh, functioning. So these are uh, the, the 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 link between Hyderabad and you know especially at you know those elevations and the fact of you know glaciers being particularly vulnerable to uh you know to rising temperatures is kind of a you know a, a lethal combination and you know coupled with the fact that you know population density even in the hills is increasing there are a lot more tourists you know because that is exactly where most of India, I mean, several of India's prominent pilgrimage sites are inhospitable as they are. The government is building a is, is building the Char Dham project, basically a 900 odd kilometer roadway project to smoothen the roads over there. So uh, that too, people have warned has led to you know you know a, lo- a lot of you know illegal felling of trees and you know destabilization of the region in general so this is the, the the whole uttarakhand region that way is ecologically vulnerable and more so to the people who go there for various reasons such as tourism or pilgrimage and just you know adding you know more infrastructure projects over there like of these sort only sort of increase the risk right so,
1: just to press you on that one point again, this is, I mean, the, the precipitating factor in this case could have been a sort of uh, a sudden reduction in uh, the snow cover, right? There was a lot of melting of snow uh, yes. because of warming. And that kind yes. of has a knock-on effect.
0: Correct. Yes.
1: Right. So, the a lot so, of
0: amount of snow was accumulated. In fact, uh, there were the satellite images that showed that on February, uh, uh, you know, 2nd to 6th, you know, 2nd, there was uh, there was no snow. On 5th and 6th, there was a lot of snow. By the seventh, the snow had all gone. You know, these are all perusal of satellite images, and, and this is a huge amount of snow. So mm. how could that snow have suddenly gone? It's probably fallen over and just disappeared into some other region, right? So that's one explanation reason for why you saw this kind of a you know deluge.
1: And just you know, um, between two thousand thirteen and, and now, um, has the did did uh, did the floods in two thousand thirteen sort of cause any kind of uh, Report that led to any sort of action around you know the effects of um, climate change or construction of hydropower projects. Uh, yes, are we seeing anything manifested now?
0: The Supreme Court had you know had launched an investig. I mean, based on uh, public interest litigations, it had set up a com- a committee of experts. They they basically wanted to evaluate the role of uh, hydropower projects and mm-hmm. whether it actually destabilizes you know dams and barrages etc. In De- de- whether they have a destabilizing effect, so to say, but uh, uh, there have been that has, in a sense, prompted. I mean, the Uttarakhand government has had plans to have literally hundreds of uh, hydropower projects, especially the medium-sized ones and lots of small ones. Thanks to this, many of those plans have been uh, have been have been withdrawn, so to say. And but certain ones where you know uh, project construction has already. Uh, reached beyond 50%, those are the only ones that are kind of allowed to progress on. Secondly, an important factor that has also kind of, uh, uh, you know, tipped, uh, there was a time when hydropower project was seen as this a major solution to India's, uh, you know, energy woes, so to say. But Mm -hmm. this is all, the last four or five years has has also been the time when solar powers have continued to dip, when the cost of solar power has continued to dip and there is a greater, I mean, Power project developers seem to be a little more inclined towards the future of solar than hydropower because of all these risks. These are all very well-established risks that hydropower projects have uh, always dealt with in terms of the costs of actually building huge dams and hydropower projects in, you know, especially uh, you know in the mountains, so to say. So there have been a lot of agitations, and uh, in fact, in twenty, the, the there was a whole Ganga-related um, agi- agitation that is. Uh, now not so strong, but was quite strong, nearly 17, 18 in, in 20, mm-hmm. 2017, 2018, and also 19. And uh, th- among the demands of the protesters, there there was to you know to ban uh, to stop the construction of certain uh, hydropower projects. So this was uh, this actually led to the government deciding that you know we will not be installing uh, any new hydropower projects, but rather just complete. The, the ones that are ongoing, so you know the Uttarakhand tragedy had a major effect in terms of really bringing awareness to uh, mm. you know to, you know to the to climate change led impacts on uh, you know infrastructure projects. But this is an ongoing process, and uh, given how the 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 complex nature and way in which climate change affects uh, you know affects us, I I'm not I'm pretty sure that we are going to see. Disasters of varying uh, levels and varying scope, you know, in the days to come too. This is certainly not the last.
1: Jacob, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you for that uh, short and succinct uh, explanation of uh, the phenomenon that led to this event. um We yeah. will, I think, return to discuss this if we know more. I think the investigation sure. around what happens is still
0: ongoing, right? Yes, it'll be. There are some teams of scientists that have uh, gone from various institutes. They are trying to take mm-hmm. physical measurements, but the thing is. Uh, uh, you know the bridges that actually connect uh, you know uh, you know to you know joshima and beyond they mm. are pretty um, you know they are, have they been washed away and right now the focus is on the rescue effort so i don't know how it's unless there are aerials there are there are some aerial mapping surveys etc that are ongoing but you might also need people on the ground to go and physically take uh, measurements over there and that is going to be a so it is it will be a while before we actually get to know of it and there are going to be debates on you know the causative factors but i think at the end of it you know that is more of an academic question and we really must be focusing on for instance you know what can we do but given that such kind of disasters are inevitable should we right. uh, better plan uh, you know better mitigate risk against uh, such events happening uh, how do we can you know what what kind of discussion debate are we going to have about uh, stopping construction and where do we, recollect, will we relocate people over there so those are far more complex questions you know that again have we've been dealing with for you know a long time but the scientific bit is very interesting and will add more to the literature on climate uh, you know on climate-related impacts on glaciers so yes there will be a lot more discussion on this in the days ahead too.
1: Right, okay, Jacob, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, bye. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.